Ogumbawale for the win. Howard McDonald reminding you you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnWBB. Make sure you're listening to all of our amazing hosts from Karina Mustafa to Amy Audibert to Erica Ayala. Women's basketball from many different points of view every single week. Really proud to be part of this team. Locked on Women's Basketball is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and Easiest way to bet on all your sports action, including, I'm very happy to say, the WNBA. Interesting set of games tonight. Indiana Fever are favored, or underdog rather, by one and a half points against the New York Liberty. Interesting spread there. Maybe the biggest spread I've seen all year. The Connecticut Sun are giving 15 and a half points to the Atlanta Dream, who of course are going through it, as you might say. And... Las Vegas Aces against the Minnesota Lynch, probably the game of the night. Lynch are actually six-and-a-half-point underdogs. Very, very interesting. Not that I'm betting, but, boy, betting against Shower Reef sure doesn't seem like smart use of your money. BetOnline.ag. If you head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up, you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit of money. Promo code is locked on. BetOnline.ag, your place to bet on men's and now, more importantly, women's sports. So I've got a really interesting conversation to share with you guys today. I spoke with a woman named Jess Sims. Let's talk about her. Jess is somebody who, I'm a Peloton user has been helping me to have better workouts ever since I joined. Really enjoy her down-to-earth style, her ability to connect what you're doing to your daily life. It makes for a really enjoyable, holistic experience when I get a chance to work out with her. So as I've done that regularly, I do some on the bike, I do a lot on the treadmill, She's had the opportunity to tell us about her basketball career. She mentions it in passing. So I did some research, looked into it. She played at Trinity College, which is a NESCAC program. Those of you who know D3 Hoops know that is no joke. The NESCAC is legit. I went to Bard, and I love my alma mater, but we are not a NESCAC school. Trinity is. And so I reached out to see if we could talk. Subsequent to doing that, I was covering a Liberty game. She popped up on the board. Two days after that, we hear she's the new in-arena host with the New York Liberty. And again, this matters. I, I talk about this with her in the interview, but having significant figures from public life, from American life, from sport life, from a larger slice of the American the American pie, for lack of a better phrase, it matters. It matters because more people are introduced who understand, who see why the WNBA is, as my friend Ari Chambers says, so important. 
And there's no unseeing that, right? We all have this experience. If you're listening here this morning, like I have, where you walk into a WNBA arena and you experience the game, you experience the personalities, and you see what the world of women's basketball is, people don't walk away from that. It is just as simple as making sure that people have access to it. And having somebody like Jess, somebody who thinks things through, somebody who understands the pedagogical side of how people build and develop habits. And she does, not just Peloton experience, but as a teacher. It really matters. So I want you to listen to our conversation. It was a fun one for me. Normally, she's just talking to me through Peloton, and I'm just saying things back, but she can't hear me. So this was like, this was very freeing for me as well. But it was a really fun conversation about how basketball had left her life parallel to some of the issues the WNBA has had trying to reach people. And they reached her, and she's back, and she's part of the solution. And I think it's very meaningful. I think it says something larger about the state of women's basketball in this country. Anyway, here's Jess, our conversation. You're listening to Locked on Women's Basketball. I'm Howie Blackwell. So I'm here with Jess Sims, who I, I just want to give a bit of background. Um, I, I take your classes regularly. Uh, I am part of the Peloton family, and I noticed over and over again you mentioning your basketball background, and obviously as a basketball reporter, that piqued my interest. So I reached out, and then suddenly you were on the Jumbotron at the Liberty game, and then suddenly you were working for the Liberty. So it was just such a cool getting together about it. And I know we talked uh, before this about how this was sort of a, a, a way for you to sort of reinvigorate your basketball background, but basketball goes a long way back for you. Can you take me through just sort of like that age six when you're talking to your dad about playing the game? Oh, my gosh, Howard. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I, yeah, I actually just called my mom not too long ago to be like, Mom, can you give me any other anecdotes or anything I might have, like, forgotten as a kid playing basketball? And ironically, I remembered all the stories that she said, except for maybe one or two. But, um, yeah, I, I started playing basketball at the age of five or six, and it was a co-ed basketball team mm-hmm. um, called the Peabody Linfield Basketball Association, PLBA. And um, I actually ended up quitting after a year because the boys would have passed me the ball. Um, you know, the same old saga. The coach, the head coach's son always got the most playing time, the passes, all of that. And mm-hmm. I ended up quitting for a year. And I returned a few years later. Um, my dad played college basketball. And so he has always been my number one fan and the one that would come and come home from work after, you know, working a super long day. We had a little basketball court, half court in my backyard that he built for us. Uh, and we would go back out there and shoot. And he would talk to me about just the basics, uh, the foundational skills that have, you know, carried me through everything, through the um, – I played in three different leagues at one time, CYO, which is the church youth organization, AAU, Amateur Athletic Union, um, as well as my middle school team, my high school team, and then I played at Trinity College where I was a three-year captain. we, we got to um, talk about that because you know, people who don't necessarily know the D3 scene don't understand that, like, NESCAC is legit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and so for you to be able to play on that team, and in fact, I found an old scouting report that I'm um, just going to quote it uh, verbatim. 
ferocious rebounder and low post defender for her size. You know, so much of rebounding at any level, it comes through will. It is not about size. You, you know, what what drove you? What made you that kind of player? Well, it's so interesting, Howard, because uh, in every, depending hmm. on the team that I played on, I was a different position. Hmm. So when I was in um, high school, we had two six-footers. So I was the off, I was the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I was in AAU, I played more of the three, four, five because we didn't have any super tall players. And my coach, I give so much credit to my AAU basketball coaches, both the head coach and the assistant coach, who just instilled the power of hustle and heart. Like how much, how much you want it weighs, outweighs skill any day of the week. And my high school coach always used to say that uh, hustle without talent. I'm going to say it again. Skill without hustle is nothing. Hustle without talent is everything. Hustle plus talent is the ultimate. Mm-hmm. And that was always my thing is I will never be outworked. I might not be the best player on the team. I'm absolutely not the tallest one on the team, but I will outwork because I just loved the hustle. I loved the sport. Mm-hmm. And, and you had a leadership position on your team in college and ultimately becoming a captain how much do you feel like that has informed so much of what's happened since, whether it's, you know, you've gone on to teach and then, you know, and, and I think this is so accurate when, I, when I've read from other interviews, talk about, you know, Peloton essentially serving as a classroom. I and mean, how much does that inform what you're doing on a day-to-day basis? Literally everything. It informs everything. And, Howard, life doesn't make sense as it's going forward, right? Like, if you, if we rewound time and brought me back to 2006 when I first started at Trinity to now in 2021, I never would have been able to say what I can now say now um, because hindsight is 2020. And I learned everything about that. I was named captain my sophomore year, uh, and not because there weren't any other, you know, um, that's on the team there were but I just I guess showed these leadership skills of I again I was recruited but I was not recruited to be a starter and I started and led my team in rebounds my first year and again that was just because I loved hustling I wore the mouth guard I wore the knee pads <laughs> I was the scrappy one on the floor and I loved the the challenge of guarding the best player on the other team so whether that was the point guard or whether that was the center, my coaches always knew Jess is gonna Jess is gonna live and die on this court. So I'm gonna put her out there. She's always gonna give it its all, and it's contagious. So if you see someone on your team that's willing to do all the dirty work and not care about the points, I never led the team in points. That was never anything. It cracks me up even to this day when people say, "Oh, how many points did you average?" I'm like, I have no idea, and probably not that many. But my rebounds, my assists, my steals. I was unmatched um, my entire career. And so the, so that was one huge thing is leading by example. Mm-hmm. And the other thing was I am very empathetic and I always look out for my teammates. Um, and so if, my, if the leading score on the team went 0 for 6 from the line, I'm like, hey, do you want me to go rebound for you tomorrow? Let's put up a 1,000 shots. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the gym for an hour. You had no legs. Let's go to the gym for an hour. Let's do, you know, like I was always the one that was willing to or able to observe the team and then reach out and say, hey, I got you to do this. Let's go to the gym. How much of that is part of the way that Peloton operates in terms of looking out for one another as well? It seems like there's such community uh, among the instructors. And, and do, do you find that's happening, you know, both in terms of the way you would approach it and how others approach you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's one thing. 
thing, especially in the last year, it's been tough because we don't see each other as much because we don't bump into each other as much in the studio. But yes, it's, it's such a sense of camaraderie because especially at Peloton, there's no other people outside of the however many instructors we have now, let's say around 40. There are no other people in the world that know what it's like to get in front of eight to ten cameras on any given day and motivate the world. You know, we're in Canada, Germany, UK, we're just we're expanding to Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, no one else understands that that's our teammates and so we have to rely on each other. We get to the studio and something, you know, in our personal lives was going wrong. And so before we get on camera, so that doesn't, you know, get into anything, we say, Hey, can I talk to you for a second? And then we say it, we get it off our chest. Our teammates are there for us. What can I do? Do you need this? Do you need this? And then we are able to do our job. So everything translates to the Peloton community. And not just as instructors, but then as a greater community with our members. You know, I, even though I can't see you, I have a feeling, I know that of the 3,000 people that are TikTok live or the 50,000 people that will end up taking this class at some point, someone needs to hear something. And I like to speak hard. So if I'm going through something or someone, a loved one is going through something, I'm like, you know what, maybe someone else in the world needs to hear this too, that they're not alone, that they're stronger than they think, that how do anything is how you do everything. So show up for yourself. And as my girl Chelsea Jackson Roberts always says, drink as you pour. Mm. We're constantly pouring out, pouring out. Are you taking in for yourself so you can give back to the people in your life? So yeah, with instructors, with the with the greater Peloton community and members, it's we got each other. It's a team. I mean, just as a point of personal privilege it, it resonates from the other end I, I can tell you that it does um, you have a phrase that I want to unpack a little it's I can do one small thing to shift the day and so I just I, I guess there's two parts to it one is how do you how do you identify what those that thing is and we're talking 11 14 on a Monday have you found that already today already today oh, oh my gosh so that's one of my mantras. I have a mantra wall. Sienna, you want to talk about the mantra wall? <laughs> She's like, no. Um, but I just moved in February, so I'm, like, figuring out which wall I want to put them back up on there. But I use it as a menu, Howard, because I'll be sitting on my couch. I'll be, you know, doing work at my island, and you get stuck. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh. Whether it's with your eating, you wanted to eat healthy and, you know, you just splurged on something. Whether you said you were going to work out for an hour, but now the day is getting ahead of you and you're like, oh, my gosh, I don't think I'm going to have time to do. It's one small thing that can literally change everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking something as simple as going for a walk. Maybe you are you're sitting there and you're stressed because something's going on with your parents and, oh, I feel stuck. Go for a walk. Call a friend, um, make a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. Uh, those small little things can completely change the day. And I always like to say, I'm not sure if you've heard me say this in class, if you are, if you ever think you're too small to make a difference, you haven't spent the night with a mosquito. <laughs> How real is that? It's so true. It's so true. Like that one small thing could literally change the rest of your day because you just, mm-hmm. the feeling of being stuck, that paralysis, that, oh, my gosh, what's in my head? I'm stuck in my head. Do one little thing, and then you're like, oh, that one thing led to another. Mm-hmm. It led to another. And before you know it, you're crushing your day. It, it, it's 100% true. And and listen, you not in a small way made some significant differences this year. I want to get into it because this feels like the year of Jess Sims in some fundamental ways. I mean, whether it's signing with Excel, uh, whether it's the fact that, Suddenly, here we are, uh, you know, working at the same New York Liberty games. But 
for for the liberty in particular, you know, what take me through I just a little bit about that approach and you know how that's come to be. Um, you know, what what was the back forge? I don't really understand how you do everything you do. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's been super, super exciting this year. I, my life has so has so drastically changed. I mean, five years ago, I was a classroom teacher, and so to think, I had two years in boutique fitness here in New York City to um, three, almost three years, it'll be three years September 10th at Peloton. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a whirlwind, and but this has been probably the coolest experience because when I graduated college in 2010, two weeks after graduating. I moved down to Houston, Texas, and I did Teach for America. And I was in a teacher boot camp. You know, we were working 20 hours a day between lesson planning, coding, seminars, all that stuff, barely fitting in enough time to sleep. I lost myself. I, I remember specifically going home uh, that first holiday season, so December of tw- uh, 2010, telling my parents, like, I used to do two, three days, and now I haven't worked out in three months. And my body changed, my mind changed, and uh, when I got back to Houston, my mom, whenever I called her stressed out, she would always say, have you worked out today? Mm-hmm. And that, I got an, a membership at the YTA, and then things started to change and started to feel good. I really lost basketball. And for the first time in my life, and when I moved to New York City, you know, the grind is real, the hustle is real, the cost of living here is real. I didn't have cables. I wasn't even watching it on TV. And that's something, even if I wasn't playing, I was watching it, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I lost that so much. And I also kind of left basketball with, I wouldn't say unfinished business, but just a sense of just a little bit of sadness because I tore my ACL in 2009. And I was able to come back to my senior season, but it wasn't the senior season that I expected. You know, I had to earn my spot back. You know, uh, my coach didn't start me. I had some tough conversations with her, even as a three-year captain at that point. And so, yeah, I just had some unfinished, unsettling feelings about basketball. And so since I've gotten back into fitness, uh, I've gotten reached out to by the NBA and by the WNBA to lead workouts for their teams and, and things like that, which has been really nice. But it wasn't until my agents over at Excel, they were talking to the New York Liberty. And I'll never forget, they asked me last minute if I could hop on a call. And I said, I'm actually out to lunch with a friend, um, but I can get on and I'll just listen. I, I, I won't show my face because I'll be eating, but I'll put my headphones in and I'll listen. Sure. Howard, it was my two agents and then it was three or four women black women from the New York Liberty, including Kia and Shayna, and I fell in love. I literally got up from the table, put the camera on, and I said, we have to make this work. We have to do something. Um, because, yes, yeah, it's the 25th anniversary of the They wanted a really big year, especially because now the Liberty is over at Barclays instead of at MSG. And so they loved my story and how basketball has been who part of who I am my entire life and everything that I'm doing at Peloton, some of the players and staff take my classes. So it was just this synergy that I'm smiling right now even thinking about it because it was just so beautiful. And I said to my agents, like, yes, we have to do something. And they came up with the idea of co-hosting. And so, yeah, it's here I am. I've done two games. Because of scheduling, I've only done two, but now in July, I have a bunch, and in August, I'm like back to back to back, which is really, really exciting. And, and it's exciting now that they'll be back, you know, now the net season is over, uh, the sort of enforced road trip has disappeared as well. So that's yes. certainly uh, excited to see that. And, well, and you know what's so hard is, so um, I actually went to a game mm-hmm. uh, before I hosted, and it was like a light switch. I went from 
turning basketball off for so long. And that's like funny. I have a light switch right here. That's actually <laughs> really funny. Oh my gosh. That was, that was wow. I, I literally flipped the switch on at the game and I fell in love 10 times over with not only the sport of basketball, but the women. Sabrina Unescu, uh, Benaja Laney, Sammy Wickle, like everyone. I, <laughs> They laughed because my first day hosting, um, during like a timeout or something when mm-hmm. we weren't hosting, we, it, it was just focusing on the game because it was a close, close game. I went down on my knees and just was like this over the bleachers, just staring. And they're like, Jess, you want a chair? And I'm like, no, no, like there's, I'm so in the zone. Like I need to be here. Your story and is it, so much like Ben Nigelani's story too, by the way. When you talk about like the college parallels there, like, uh, Ben was, basically volunteered herself to play the four and get the rebounds, even though she's undersized, uh, see Vivian Stringer. So there's a lot of parallels there. Like when you talk about the players who have been taking workouts with you, who have you gotten to know a little bit, you know, uh, so far? So, I mean, I haven't gotten to, so I've only hosted two games so far, and but I'm so excited because with the COVID rules, I'm getting a little bit looser. I'm mm-hmm. able to be on the court the next time, which I'm so excited uh, to actually meet the women. I've talked to a few of them on Instagram, but mm-hmm. there are just so many connections. And even with UNESCO, is, um, I am a diehard Kobe Bryant fan, and I did uh, a Black History Month icons by boot camp, mm-hmm. and I chose to do it on Kobe Bryant because of, one, my relationship with my dad threw him because my dad and I both loved him. I named my doctor Kobe. Uh, had pictures of him all over the walls. And, uh, yeah, and just girl dad and with my dad. And so, and then with Sabrina, it's been such a full circle year. We need Sabrina uh, to return to full strength for the game of basketball. I'm glad she's getting that break and will do that as well. Because Sabrina at 100%. As somebody I've covered since her freshman year of college, like the wow. players I've ever seen. Uh, wow. and, and so it's going to be a privilege. I, I know. Um, for you, being at Barclays, being at this moment in time, so <clears throat> you talk about sort of this, your own journey with basketball. Um, and, and it was interesting. You, you mentioned Skylar Diggins Smith as somebody who you followed. She's one of the few who was able to kind of break through on social media and do in other ways, even during the time that the W needed to be doing a better job of promoting itself. And again, and this is a whole other combination, media needed to be doing a better job covering it, which is, of course, why we're here, right? Um, and, and so I see that, but I see it part of this now here in 2021 at a time, like you said, they're at this new arena, and now there is a renewed focus on it. Does it feel like you're part of a larger movement that's going on, even beyond the Liberty, into just women's basketball itself? Well, yes, 100%. And um, everything you just said, cosign, 100%. And, and even with what happened at the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. this year with the women's facilities, I was super vocal about that on my Instagram, and I, and it, I felt... And I'm constantly reminded, because my following has grown significantly in the last year, that even though I'm in something, it doesn't mean that all followers are. So I have to be the voice. Mm-hmm. I need to use my platform for good and to bring awareness to things that are not just and not right. And so it was great because I got so many responses from people that 
my gosh, I haven't followed the NCAA for women. I'm going to do that now. Or, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe this happened. This needs to do better. So, yes, 100%. And by me being the co-host for the New York Liberty, I'm constantly posting about it and because I love it and because it's part of who I am. And if I can raise awareness of that even more to the media, that's fantastic. And Skylar Diggins-Smith is one of the reasons why I loved the sport so much. And I always loved how – She's unapologetically herself. And what I do love, Howard, which I'm sure you've noticed before, too, is I've been seeing now for so long all the men walking out of the locker room in their outfits, that their personal outfits outside their uniform that show off that our form of expression mm-hmm. for themselves. And now the women are getting that. And so to see mm-hmm. the difference between Dee Dee Richardson come out and her other teammates and Banaja and just – it's so cool to see their own styles and wearing the Mamba Mamacita uh, sweatshirts in honor of Gigi. It's really, really nice to see the media covering the women in different ways and showing their personalities and how diverse it actually really is. The on the court, the off the court, it's all it's all part of the package. But again, the other part, and it's such a key thing that you're that you're touching on, is the connection of worlds. You know, there's this way on the men's side that we can take for granted because ESPN covers it in a certain way. You know, that there's, if you're covering Steph Curry, you're covering Pat Mahomes, you're covering Mike Trout. And, you know, connecting that is something that, you know, we work and we really strive for over at the Nine to make sure that these worlds are connected and they're not silent. So it's huge. I, I mean, it, it's, and, and it's, it's gratifying to see. Uh, you, you know, especially, like you said, to talk about the people in your orbit as well and, and the extent to which it matters. I, I have to ask, this is a very important, very serious question. You're new to the New York Liberty. There's another rookie in the New York Liberty world, and that's Ellie the Elephant. And I'm just wondering what your initial impressions have been and, and, and your thoughts about what Ellie can be. Ellie is the best. When I tell you that Ellie can put a smile on anyone's face, and Ellie will, Ellie will be walking and then will turn and I'm like, oh, Ellie doesn't see me. And then she turns and then she comes over to, she does like some little shuffle or something and then kiss, mwah, mwah, and then does this amazing dance. It's, Ellie is everything. Ellie's changing the game. Yeah, I mean, never underestimated elephants. I agree. 100%. Never. <laughs> well, and elephants are the best. So yeah. it's really yeah, right. No, I, I mean, it, it is just right. Yes. Here's what, here's what I'll leave you with. You know, because you always provide goals, you always provide, you know, sort of where we're headed. When you think about the liberty for the year, for yourself, for the team, where, do, what do you picture? What do you picture as where you want it to be, where you want the liberty to be, and where you want your relationship with liberty to be at the end of this year? Oh, at the end of this year, that's a great question. Um, I want to see Barclays packed. Mm. I want to see plays completely packed. Um, I want to see more visibility on social. I want to see it more on accessible TV channels. I don't want to have to go to different networks and this app and this app. I want it to be, oh, yeah, I want to watch the WNBA. I want to watch the Liberty. This is where I go. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, today, I want to get in and meet all the women. I want to get in and meet all the players, get to know them. Um, and just be part of that team because, again, the part of the team is wearing the seafoam green. It's the same colors. It's wearing Liberty backs on our chest, and that's what I'm really looking forward to this year and beyond. Like, I hope that this continues to grow together, this amazing partnership, and the way that it's gone so far, I don't see how it could end. No. Well, it's, it's been great to see already, 
And I'm really, I'm, I'm grateful for uh, all that you've done for me personally, honestly, just in, 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 in our workouts and all the continued success, but really excited to have you back in this world. Thank you for your time. Howard, thank you for everything that you do. It's, it does not go unnoticed, so really, really appreciate it.